Welcome to the PRISM Podcast. PRISM North America is a K-12 school system committed to building a sanctuary for children and families in North America. PRISM is a Northgate school, and this is our podcast. Welcome to the PRISM Podcast. My name is Misty Newcomb. I'm the superintendent of PRISM North America, and this is our podcast. Today, I have two very special, special guests with me. I have Willow Newcomb. Willow, say hi. Hello. And David Spillmaker. David, say hey. Hello. And these two are special guests. Uh, Every guest on the PRISM Podcast is a special guest, but these two are extra special because they are two of our alumnus. And I'm, I'm really happy to hear from them. Willow, you graduated, you were the class of 20... 2018. And David, you were part of the class of 2020, weren't you? 2020, yeah. So you you had the the very interesting graduation, didn't you? We did. We did. Very exciting, (laughs) but interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, last week we talked about influencers and how the new forms of media like Instagram and podcasts and things like that are are influencing our parents and also also young people, but the, the conversation was more geared towards parents. Originally, I was going to have Willow join because she has done a lot of research on, on social media and influencers. And she actually, her, in college, she is working as a, what do they call you, Willow? Like a marketing person? Yeah. Communications director. Okay. All right. Design. Okay. So she does a lot of communications on behalf of businesses and individuals um, who are trying to, to influence the world. And so she has, has been working in that and has a lot of, of interesting thoughts. But as I was talking to Willow, I thought this is really interesting. Her perspective is quite a bit different than the perspective of the adults that I had been talking to. And I thought it might be worthwhile. And I thought our students especially might find it enjoyable to hear from someone closer to their age. And I thought parents might enjoy hearing from someone who, you know, thinks more like their kids do. Cause I know I think about influencers differently than my kids do. And as I was talking to Willow, I thought, I wonder if I asked the guys if they would say the same thing. So I messaged a couple of our alumnus and uh, some of the guys, and I was really, it was very interesting because they had some different things to say. And so I asked them to join. David was the one that was able to, to join us today. And so we are just going to have the good, bad, the ugly of influencers for, for young people. How about that? Is that a good way to word it? That sounds great. All right. So when when you guys think about influencers and the media that you actually consume, what are some of the main forms, not just you, but people, your friends, what, what are the main forms of media that you all consume? I definitely think the gram is a big one. Instagram. I think that's I think that's a super popular one right now. And also TikTok. TikTok is crazy yeah. and I feel like it's really transforming social media in a lot of ways and you'll see a lot of other social media platforms are kind of converting to be more like TikTok mm-hmm. because it's a really mm-hmm. successful model. So it's a definitely TikTok, Instagram. I hear LinkedIn is the new Instagram. No, it's not. That's a joke. <laughs> 
<laughs> totally kidding. I share my whole life on LinkedIn, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think that people might be picking up the jar being sarcastic. Yes, definitely. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, so that's those are those are kind of the main ways that that the the main tools that you all use. How old were you when Instagram came out? I think I was nine or ten, um, but I wasn't allowed to get any social media till I was thirteen, I think. So I didn't start using Instagram till around then. Okay, what about you, Will? Yeah, it was the same for me. I think I was thirteen when I got my first Instagram account and felt really innocent, just posted pictures of my yard and my dogs. <laughs> I was only allowed to follow um, people that I knew, people mm -hmm. from my church, some people from my school. Um, so yeah, I felt I felt very very small, very simple, very innocent. Okay, all right. Is that how you describe it now? I would not. You would not, <laughs> would David. Not. <laughs> yeah, David definitely not. Instagram okay. has changed a lot in since I first got on it. Okay, so tell me, how is it used? Why? How has it changed? Give me, talk a little bit more about that. Tell me more about how do people your age specifically, you know, use Instagram? Why would you say, no, it's not innocent? What are the things, the good, the bad, and the ugly of these, of not just Instagram, but TikTok too? I, uh, I think, so as with most social media, most media in general, things are moving towards being much more fast paced and that sort of thing. And so um, not a lot of people our age use Facebook very often, but the few times that I get occasionally when I get on it, it's much more people have long paragraphs to talk about and there's a lot written down on that sort of thing. Whereas Instagram and a lot of people talk about TikTok in this way is much more fast paced. If you open up Instagram, there are stories that are extremely or stories that are extremely short um, clips of people's lives. And then also it's pictures with a very limited number of words as well. Very few people write a lot on Instagram and then reels on Instagram as well are, I think maximum 15 seconds. And so, um, oh. it's like a barrage of information at one time. And so I think that would probably be the main way that it's shifted. The main way that people use it. That's different than, uh, that especially young people, it's different than a lot of forms media. Yeah, reels reels are crazy. And when I say reels, I mean like the, the TikTok model. Um, like David said, it's just these short little snippets. They're funny, they're cute, they can be interesting, um, they can be dances, you know, it's all all kinds of things. And it's so it's so entertaining. Like honestly, it's it's really addictive and it works. The model really works. And I've seen myself like waste so much time on it. Um, I had TikTok for a very short time in my life at the beginning of COVID. Um, it served as a, a, a moment of transgenerational bonding. <laughs> it did. Yeah. We were on TikTok. I started making videos for my class. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I, I had all these 80s songs because Willow was teaching me how to make funny videos. And it was and, glorious. It was glorious. The yeah, it was the nice. beginning of COVID. Um, but yes, very quickly learned the dangers of, of that model and one that it's just super addictive and you can waste a lot of time. Um, but for me, I just noticed that a lot of the the content that I was being fed was really crass and and really crude and even vulgar. And I felt I, I would walk away from it sometimes after spending some time there um, and just feel kind of assaulted and kind of violated. I know that sounds like dramatic words, but I'm actually being so serious. Um, yeah, there would just be bizarre things that would pop up, and and I found myself being very surprised at my lack of surprise at what I was seeing. 
Um, okay. And, you know, we could speak to the algorithm and, you know, how, again, like this was mentioned in the podcast that you guys just recorded, but, you know, like how you can get the most engagement. But I, I just was very disturbed at um, just I, I felt like it was kind of numbing me to some things that I would have found really disturbing and that are totally beyond um, my value system. Um, and the way that I want to live my life. And so that's that's one let reason me, I think it be dangerous. Yeah, let me ask you something. So you're saying things you were fed. Don't you choose who you follow? Absolutely. But that's the dangerous thing is because, it, okay, okay, wait, back up. TikTok, you don't really choose who you follow. Like you can follow some people, but that's also something that's shifted in the model of social media, which is so important, is you can follow people, but I feel like, I feel like I don't want to generalize, but I feel like a lot of the young people that I would know and, and speak with, they're, the content that they're getting is not really from the people they follow so much as from that explore page with reels. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, that it's just really entertaining. It's quick. You know, it's funny. Um, again, not to generalize. People, of course, do um, still follow people and, and spend a lot of time there. Um, but for me, TikTok, you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing videos that I'm not choosing um, to follow, you know, and, and they're just popping up and, and it was kind of numbing me and, and kind of, um, yeah, it made it harder to choose to not watch them because it was just, it's like this, this algorithm that seems random. That's, that's actually really targeted. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So as a parent, I would have limited, and I know it sounds like both of you, your parents did the same thing. What great parents you had, um, (laughs) that we would have limited who you could follow in the hopes that, limiting who you could follow and who could follow you would prevent you from seeing things and prevent you from having access to things. But what you're describing is actually a whole different system where Mm -hmm. you're not limited to only seeing who you choose to follow. There's suggestions about who you follow. And the material on those suggested pages is usually, particularly for girls, fair, well, probably for for guys too, but it is very crass and very for young people. Once they know your age, they're going to, yes, they're going to pile it on. And if you click just once and you don't even realize you're clicking, like you click explore Mm -hmm. and you see happy picture, happy picture. Oh my gosh, picture. Yes, (laughs) That's the way it works. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's no real filter on that. And it, it's targeted to, to be addictive. And so all sorts of things Mm -hmm. show up on there. So what are you, other than just entertainment, what are you getting from? I understand that people get entertained, but what is it? What is it selling you? What's it? Sh- I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it is entertainment, but they're not <laughs> making money off entertainment. Yeah. So what is it? What are you really getting from it? I, I think that it's certainly selling identity, especially to young women. I've seen that on my campus every day. I walk into my classes and I see all the girls wearing the same thing that I've, I've seen different Instagram influencers wearing or seeing the oh, ads really? that they get on Instagram. You know, um, I, I see that every single day and, and like trying to fit this this mold of what's trendy or, um, you know, this this kind of identity that's sold to you through this media. I feel like definitely with um, like there's a lot of aspects, obviously Willow covered a lot of them that bleed over into young men as well. But the, the main thing that I've noticed on social media is there's a whole, uh, for this is probably similar for young women, but it, it's definite inside of what they target towards young men. It's just a sense of extremism. Just no okay. one is, no one got famous on social media for, um, 
for being living a good balanced lifestyle. Very few people <laughs> have done that. Exactly. That's not Normally, what they're selling. Exactly. Yeah. No, you know, no one got famous for just being a good person that lives their life well and is kind. Like very, very few people like that. No one goes on social media to, to see that. And so usually people have a very specific niche that they feel that that person follows. And then like if it's fitness, there's someone who spends eight hours a day in a gym, you know, <laughs> counts everything in their life down to same looking good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just um, kidding. <laughs> and so just like, like that's, that's a thing. And, and then people look at that and they compare themselves to that and they're like, oh, this, you know, fitness area of my life isn't as good as this person's, you know, my career isn't as good as this person that spends, you know, discusses their whole career on Instagram. And they, you know, there's people comparing the aspects of their life to this person that fills this very specific niche and then does that. And so you get a lot of people, you get, um, you either, in my perspective, you either get people that start to pursue this one very specific thing way too much. Someone starts working out way too much because they want to look like this specific person and, or they, they become very extreme in trying to complete this goal, or they feel like they're not good enough because they're not, you know, to the same level that this person is at. And I feel like that is a lot of the way that it affects young men. And so you're talking, what you're describing is it's feeding essentially an identity and mm -hmm. that identity is, is geared towards extremism. And you see that in multiple different areas in fitness, yeah. in career, in, in and so you're following as well. Yeah. Okay. So you're following people who kind of, if you're on Instagram or you're on TikTok, you kind of have mm -hmm. a shtick and exactly what, yeah. And that's what you're selling. And so mm -hmm. when you, David, go follow someone like that, it, it creates a, an environment where you're, I, I, that's interesting. I think that yeah. I can, I can see that. Willow, do you think that the same thing is true for young women? Is I it extremism? It, what are they pushing? Certainly extremism in our generation in general. Um, but also, yeah, I think there's, there's a, a spirit of apathy, um, a spirit of self-pity in a lot of ways. Um, what do you mean by that? I mean, like victimhood. Um, and, and it's kind of connected to the apathy in a way. And I'm not sure exactly. I don't feel like I'm using the most precise language. Um, but yeah, just. Um, How just, would you give a concrete example? Well, there's a lot of jokes about like, even in terms of academics, like people like, like there's a lot of like, just like crazy videos of people cheating on tests and like, like moving oh, okay. off in class and like things like that. That's kind of, that's, that's one dimension of the apathy, but more than that, um, even just, um, the emphasis of, uh, you know, like there's this, this trend about self-care, which of course is really important and we need to be healthy and cubic human beings. But I feel like I, I'm seeing some videos that are crazy, like, like people, um, like, quitting their jobs for weeks and, and just like that goes to the extremism. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's super interesting. It sounds like what David's describing is sort of an extreme thing. And what you're describing is sort of um, more like flippant being, being flippant and being not really having integrity, cheating on tests. Yes. And, and I, I see what you're saying. You're, you're kind of describing almost an identity of negativity an identity mm -hmm. that says we are passive recipients of the circumstances around us mm -hmm. and doesn't have that push to, to, to rise up and to, to say, Hey, I actually can, can be above how I feel in the morning. And I think that that would be something that I was taught a lot. And even, um, I feel like there would be movies that we saw that was like a big 
thing to rise above circumstances. And that would be something uh, that I probably saw a lot of, of things and wanted my kids to see a lot of that. But in this medium, you, I, I agree. I know what you're talking about. There is a lot of push to just kind of lie victim to not just your circumstances, but even just your emotions on any given day. And, and there's not a big push to rise above circumstances. And that would be something that we would want y'all to be able to do is, is to, as, as graduates. And I, I certainly hope you're doing, and I definitely hope you're not <laughs> cheating on tests. Um, yes. <laughs> you know better than that. <laughs> and, but, but it's interesting to think about how that barrage of information and that barrage of visual images would impact young people your age who are in a very formative season of their identity. If you're constantly seeing this, it is normalizing that behavior, whether mm -hmm. it be extremism or it be like um, being really myopically focused on one thing to the detriment of the rest of your life, or it be just total passivity. These are things that if you see these images, all the time. And these are things that are fed to you, then it, it does shape who you become. And so seriously though, how do you navigate? You are someone that is in the world and you are someone that has, you have social media accounts. You're seeing these things. What are the steps, practical steps that you take to not be influenced by that? Cause I, I do think that you both take those kinds of steps. I think for me, I just try to minimize my input. Um, which is challenging considering that I do work in social media. That's a part of my job. So I've tried to be creative with with um, ways to do that. I would just completely delete social media off of my phone. Unfortunately, Instagram won't let you post from a desktop computer yet, yet which is very sad to me. Um, but yeah, I just right now I'm not logged on to my own personal Instagram on my phone. And, and I just try to stay off of it, um, which I know can be extreme. Um, but I think that yeah, I found that to be the most effective. And when I am on social media and I do see things that are outside of my value system, there's a button that you can press that will tell the algorithm that you're not interested. And so I press that button a lot. What's um, the name of that button? It's not interested button. Oh, <laughs> okay. Press, there's, there's like a three little buttons on the side. You press that and then you say not interested or you can report things, which I'm also I'm also one to report. I'm not shy about reporting. I also do some unfollowing, some blocking every now and then, um, but I, I just have a very low tolerance um, for, for things that are not feeding me and building me up. Um, and another reason why is because, again, I could speak to the algorithm, um, but one dimension of the algorithm that's, that's um, really important to me is if I am watching a bad video, you know, if there's, if there's a video, even if it's, if it's like, um, you know, interesting or like, I'm, I just don't understand and I'm curious, if I watch it, even if I don't like it, it is going to promote that video on my sister's Instagram feed or my sister's TikTok feed. And when you say sister, cousins. okay, mm -hmm. okay. It, it, it's going to promote that on my followers and my friends and those who I interact with most on Instagram. It's going to promote that on that feed. Um, that's an actual thing. It's an actual like part of the algorithm. And I've seen it too. Like I've been in the same room, watched a TikTok, watched it twice because I didn't fully get it the first time. And then it pops up on my friend's phone who's sitting right beside me, you know? Um, and so that's another reason why I'm really vigilant about that. It's like, okay, see something inappropriate. I report it or I say I'm not interested so that it won't show up on, on the other people who I'm friends with on, on their Instagrams. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, how do you navigate that? Um, I, 
I think for for you to get anything positive out, out of social media, you really have to be active in what you want to do. If you are just passively what you know, scrolling through Instagram, going through Reels, going through TikTok, you're going to get stuff that's going to try and pull you in a certain direction, and you know you're going to get stuff that you don't agree with up there. Um, and inappropriate stuff is, is going to come up almost always. And so that's the main thing is, is like there's an algorithm that's meant to feed you stuff, but mostly it's meant to feed you stuff that's going to make you stay on there longer. And so really um, training that algorithm so that, you know, that it's not just that it doesn't control you, that you're not just listening to everything on it. And so that not interested button, um, there's one of those on there's one of those on Instagram. There's one of those on TikToks. For anything that suggests you something, you can say you're not interested in it, and it, it will adjust accordingly. Um, and I think also you have to, you just have to be extremely conscious on mm-hmm. any of those of what you're being fed, because you know if you have certain political leanings, if you you know are interested in certain things, Instagram is going to feed you more and more of that, create an echo chamber of what you mm-hmm. think already, and so. Um, really intentionally seeking out um, opposing, you know, viewpoints to what you think. That's something that I do regularly. And then also not relying on an extremely fast paced thing to get information about different stuff and things like that. I like podcasts in in kind of a contrast to Instagram or TikTok and like some form of long form discussion, something like that. Um, And that's typically, typically what I do is you just, you have to be extremely conscious of how of what is trying to be pushed towards you and honestly kind of actively combat that if you want to spend any time on social media so you know one of the things that you've both brought up is this social dynamic of of and and by that i mean what you like what you're interested in impacts other people and so how do you uh, so you can control yourself, which I think is great. And I think that's a really thoughtful way to evaluate whether what you're looking at is appropriate. Would I want my friend watching this? My little sister, my little cousin, my the kids at, at school that are younger that follow me. If it's something that appears throwing up there. Because sometimes even, you know, you're talking about subconscious influence or, or subtle influence, unintentional influence. But what if it's something that someone that you follow, like a peer, a buddy, throws up there yeah i think that that's an interesting situation to be in and unfortunately it's pretty common mm-hmm. um one one of my social media pet peeves is incessant liking which i think is really common in in our generation and, and young people um and what i mean by that is sometimes i'll, I'll pop on the gram you know in between the classes whatever um and I'll, I'll see a picture that's like oh okay, that's, that's not great that's yeah not liking that i don't like that and then I'll see that some of my friends liked it, who I know have identical values to me and, and have a very similar lifestyle to me. And I always find that a little bit confusing. Um, and and yeah, I think that I think that that's one way that we can kind of guard our our culture is is by being aware of what we like. I see when you like something, you're saying that you like it, you know, that, that you, you condone it. it, that you endorse mm-hmm. it, you know, that even that you agree with it, you know. Um, and so I think, do that- you think that people your age perceive it that way? Do you think that, cause the, I know what you're talking about and I've had a number of conversations with, about, with, with people inside our family, outside of our family, 
where the response is, I didn't even read the caption yes. I or I didn't even look at it. I just liked it. When I saw so-and-so posted, mm-hmm. they're my friend. I like them. And so I liked it. But the way that <laughs> translates, especially, you know, we're not going to re- regurgitate the social media documentary that everybody can watch on Netflix, but we're, you know, when people like things, it mm-hmm. makes people do things more like that. And so when people like things that are mean, hurtful, uh, attention seeking, it, it, you know, you want to communicate to the person that you love them, but not necessarily that post that is, and that's the kind of stuff we've, that we've got to navigate in 2021. And I don't know that I had to navigate that much. So what's your advice there? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. There's a quite big gaps between posts that I like. Um, I think for a lot of people with, with stuff like that is, um, a lot of people use sharing their life on social media as a substitute for sharing their life to people to really, Mm. like, you think if, you know, if someone knows everything that's going on in my life, it's essentially, you know, it could be seen that that's basically the same thing as spending time with someone. Whereas they really, they're really not the same. Uh, very often what people, you know, show themselves to be on social media is different than who they really are. And a lot of times that comes with the kind of stuff that they post. Like, like you said, someone posts something that's attention seeking or, you know, and, and not aligns to what, you know, that person to be and what, you know, and the person that you want to be. And really, um, I know for me, like if I saw someone that did that, like, well, my first responsibility is to myself. Do I still want to follow this person? Am I still going to, I'm just going to block their, you know, mute their, uh, stuff in my feed. But then secondly, it's like spend time and encourage the real personality of who that person is, you know, really, um, build with that person in a way that encourages who their real personality is. But yeah, I mean, and if it's someone that you don't know, if it's just someone that you've followed for a while that is posting stuff that you don't want on your life. That you find morally reprehensible. (laughs) Exactly. If there's someone who I followed for a long time, you know, because I enjoyed their content and then their content starts changing to something that I don't like, then stop following the person. I, I, yeah, I, I feel the same way as well. There's, there should be larger gaps in, in what you like. There should be, um, yeah, I don't know. You, you should fully, you should have a checklist before you like something. That's, that's my thoughts. You should go through and really see what they are before I, I use the perspective. Like if my mom was standing right behind me, watching me go through <laughs> I my love feed, it. That's so and it's great. like, if, yeah, I love if that. she just was looking right at that, you know, could you I, please use that as well? Willow, that, that <laughs> just in all of life. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it, it really makes you think if my old family was just staring at my feed, you know, and I like, I'm not, you're going to be more selective in what you like and you're going to be really, really aware. I think being really aware is the, is the main thing. And I I think what Will is describing is that it is that way. Like whatever Mm -hmm. you like, your whole family is staring at that feed. It is going to propose (laughs) it to them. I didn't actually know that, but yeah. I'm sorry, Will, what were you going to say? Well, I was, I was just going to add to what David said and say, like, as we have criteria for what we like, we should also have criteria for what we post. And and this is less about being influenced. Um, But I think that especially for the ladies, you know, before I post something, I consider what is my motivation in posting this? You know, is it to get 
attention? Is it to, to heal on insecurity? Is it to get validation? And I think that also can play into how we're influenced. If we're seeing a lot yeah. of ladies posting attention-seeking things, I don't think that that is going to produce something fruitful in the person right. seeing it or the person posting. I think that's a good a good point. And I think that if you have that urge, I think what David said was excellent advice. If you see someone posting that sort of material, go and spend authentic time with them and and build relationship with them. It do, the only response doesn't have to be not like judgment. A, a secondary response is, hey, I'm going to perceive that as as a cry for help. And I think on the flip side, before you, if, if that's the type of stuff that you're posting, you might check yourself and say, Hey, why am I posting this stuff? Am I looking for intimacy and validation inside of this environment when I have access to deep, wholesome friendships elsewhere? And how can I pursue those in a healthy, authentic manner? So I really think you guys, it's, I, I, I knew this conversation would be valuable. I knew it would be meaningful. I knew y'all would have good things to say. And I, I appreciate that about y'all. Great advice. So thank you so much, David and Willow for joining us. I really miss you guys. And I've enjoyed getting to spend this, this 20, 20 minute or so time period with y'all. So thank you guys. Until next time, everybody have a great week. This podcast is a production of Prism North America. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you access quality podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. To learn more about Prism, visit us at our website, www.prismnorthamerica.org.